KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzetara. You're all listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Behalotcha, Tetvav Sivan, Tashinain. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef and Chaim Shmuel, and I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. So, we're past Shavuot now. We're past the six days post-Shavuot, in which we don't say Tachanun, six days plus Shavuot relate to the seven days in which the Korbanot of the Regal of Shavuot were brought, because like like Pesach and Sukkot, everybody's obligated to come to the Beit HaMikdash on the Regal and to bring the appropriate Korbanot, the entire nation cannot bring Korbanot in one day. And therefore, we have a weak period in which to do that. In any case, that being the case, yes, thank you for the repetition. We're sort of into a period of time in which we are chaglis, essentially until Rosh Hashanah. And again, it's a question of feelings. Certainly the gap between Sukkot and Pesach is a greater gap, especially in the upcoming year when there is going to be a leap year. But in that period we have Chanukah, in that period we have Purim. That sort of holds that period together. Here we have a period from Shavuot now till Rosh Hashanah, which is an empty period, setting aside... But those are fillers of a different sense than uh, Chanukah and Purim. And then one could argue already by the time El rolls in, there's a different atmosphere. And that might be the case as well. But certainly the sense of a feeling that nothing else can hold us together. No looking forward to a certain holiday or anything like that. Just our daily rituals, our Tamidim Kasidram, our daily in and out activity of Tfilah, of Torah, of Masim Tovim. And hopefully, this is something that we've been impacted by the Chag, by Shavuot. And now we just carry that with us. And and go with it. And we live our day-to-day life, you know? It's a full week every week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have Shabbat to look forward to, as we always do. But we have to make the best out of that week. After that brief introduction, I do want to say something about this week's Parshat Shavuah. And as is our way... In the Arab Shabbat program, we're going to raise questions and we're going to discuss angles, but not necessarily closing down, hammering down clear-cut answers. Clearly, we have, what we have here in Parshat Balotcha is a stira, contradiction to what we have in Parshat B'Shalach. In Parshat B'Shalach, 
We are presented with Benes who have just left me trying, probably finishing off the last morsels of whatever matzah or dough that they baked from the matzah. What they had with them is dwindling down. And they come and they complain. They complain precisely a month after after leaving Mitzrayim. They complain they have nothing to eat. And they say, B'nai Israel point their accusations towards Moshe and Aaron. If only we could die in the land of Mitzrayim, when we sat on the pot of meat, and we filled ourselves when we were eating bread to our fill, that you have taken us into this, taken us out into this desert to kill this entire congregation through a famine, through hunger. God's doubled response mentions Two things. The initial response in Pasuk Dalad says, I'm going to rain bread for you from the skies. Subsequently, there's an answer that there's going to be meat in the evenings to eat and bread in the mornings to be full from. It is interesting to note that the initial answer does not immediately talk about the meat, but talks only of the bread. Subsequently, the meat is entered into the equation. Which, of course, then brings the question, in this week's parsha, in Parshat Balotcha, there's a clear presentation that the man, the bread, existed. And this is not satisfying B'nai Israel. What they want is meat. And then, of course, they're given meat with tragic results. So, I think it's fair to say that there is an apparent contradiction, and that's something that, for our homework, we'll all go look into different commentaries to see what chronologically took place. However, there are two points that I think should be made within this context of what which what each parsha is trying to highlight. I think 
as I alluded to previously, there's something within even Parshat B'Shalach that implies a chronology of first bread and then subsequently meat. It's a slight allusion, and I don't think it completely deals with the contradiction. However, the the aspect from which Parshat B'Shalach is written and the aspect from which Parshat Balotcha is written is very different, and that is something that we should pay attention to. In both cases, I would say B'nai Israel's attitude is problematic. However, in one parasha, the results are not many people dying, and one parasha, many people die as a result of the attitude. In Parshat B'Shalach, it appears that B'nai Yisrael are asking for something legitimate. And this, by the way, goes throughout Parshat B'Shalach, because B'nai Yisrael say, we have no food to eat, we're in the middle of the desert. And later on in Parshat B'Shalach, they're going to say, we have no water to drink. However, in both instances, we can see that... despite the fact that they're asking for something legitimate, there's, they're being chastised. For what? For the way they formulate their response. And this is something very basic and very educational. That you can ask for something that's legitimate, and there's a way to ask for it. And those of us who are parents know that our kid can come in from outside, playing, tired, ready to eat that dinner, and they could come in and say, could I please have something to eat and drink? I'm very hungry and thirsty. Or they could come in in a half, demanding something. Why am I not eating? And in both instances, they're hungry. It's dinner time. They should be entitled to be given something to eat and drink. But, a good parent will stop their kid and say, Excuse me? Is that how we ask for something? Have I not provided you in the past? That you have to be in a frenzy? This is the behavior of an immature child. A mature, educated child will come in, despite their hunger, and ask nicely. Because if they have normal parents... Their parents will feed them. And give them what to eat and give them what to drink. And this is Parshat B'Shalach. The, the request in Parshat B'Shalach is a legitimate request. We need to eat something. But how do you formulate the request? We're going to die. Did God just perform these myriad of miracles to take you out of the desert to starve you to death? Does He not have the ability to feed you in the desert after performing this myriad of miracles in the exodus from Egypt? Is this the way you talk? And within that context... 
a chastisation is in order, but nothing more than that. And Benesa are chastised, with the hope that they learn something. Parshat Ba'alotcha, the background, and again, how we'll solve the contradiction, we're leaving for our, our personal homework, but the background is, not a nation that's starving, but a nation that's spoiled. And this comes across in two ways. One is by the fact that they do have food. As opposed to Parashat B'Shalach, they're going to die. There is no food, because it's before getting man. So they're complaining that there's nothing. Here, the presentation is that they have man, but man is not good enough for them, because they want more. But even worse than that, is that the Torah's presentation of their language is much more severe in this case, which is a less severe case. Vayashuvu vayivku gam b'nei Yisrael vayomur miyachilenu basar. It's crying. So both the request is less legitimate because as the Torah describes it, it's about tava, it's about a desire, it's not about a need. And their response is worse because they're crying. They didn't cry in Parshat B'Shalach when they had a legitimate request. And here, when it's about a desire, they're crying. And here the response is much more severe. And while the meat was yet in between their teeth before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was inflamed against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And if you're not sure if that means people died, the name of the place is Kivrot HaTa'ava, the place that the people who desired were buried, the graves of the lust. Bnei Israel have lost all proportion in the presentation of Parshat Ba'alotcha. They've lost all proportion because they're being sustained and they're still complaining. There's no danger of starving. They're not happy with what's on the menu. And even that could be understood in some way. But then to cry about that, as if you're going to die without that, is just despicable. And what's described here is a meat frenzy. Hamamit asaf asara chumarim. The person who collected the least 
collected ten piles of this bird. And even here, the, the bird reminds me of something, we'll end on this point, from my Yeshiva University days, and that was Dougie's. Dougie's was the wing place that people would desire to go to and eat the wings. And there's something about eating wings, which is the little bird, the little piece, which is all about eating the meat. Because if you want to fill yourself up, you'll take a big piece of chicken, eat your piece of chicken, and be happy. When you eat wings, you don't eat one wing, you eat dozens of wings. And why? Because you could just eat another one, and another one, and another one. They're so small. You can just keep on going, and keep on going. And this is the frenzy of meat, and this is Dougie's. You can eat another wing, and another wing, and another wing, and just enjoy the experience of eating the meat. And this is something that certainly we have to walk away from this Parsha and put a little bit of proportion into our eating. Eating is first and foremost about giving ourselves health and strength. And that means we have to choose what food we eat wisely. And it means that we have to choose the quantities wisely. I'm not saying that an occasional burger from the burger joint, slice of pizza, night out at the restaurant isn't in order. Probably more for the social benefits than the food benefits. But we have to know where food is in our lives. It's a necessity, something that keeps us healthy, but it shouldn't be more than that. It shouldn't be something that leads our lives. And when B'nai Israel complain that they have no food, that comes from a legitimate place. But when you have food and you're not getting burgers bar, you're not getting the best possible food, that's alright. That's not the end of the world. If you can afford it, if you have time for it, so you do that. Once in a while. Not every day. Has to be proportions to things. And this is very something very something very important within North American societies in particular, perhaps with the recent recession toned down a little bit. But they talk about North America, the problem of people being overweight because of the fast food industry. Something within that context, we can reflect on Parshat Balotcha and walk away with lessons about how we should be leading our lifestyle, where food is on the scale of importance in our lifestyle. Food is very important for our health, for our sustenance, and beyond that, food is very unimportant. Shabbat Shalom.